Hey guys, welcome to episode 12 of The Daily Churn. Today is going to be a recap of September and things have churned and a tally of how much each category of banks, brokerages, credit cards, and miscellaneous things brought in for the month. I like doing these ones because my wife and I have sort of a, a bit of a friendly competition to see who brings in the most money each month uh, because we're both doing the lean fire thing. So I did an episode maybe a month back on the whole financial independence, retire early thing that we're trying and specifically lean fire. And so neither of us are working like real corporate jobs, but rather we're trying to make a little bit of money on the side doing things we enjoy doing. And for her, she loves being around animals. And so she's working like minimum wage part time doing that. And me, I'm, you know, at home doing some churning for 10, 15 hours a week. And uh, yeah, we both have a rough target to get to like $1,000 each per month. So it's always fun for me to kind of tally and, and see how things went. And this month was, was pretty good. So let's, uh, yeah, let's dive in. I'll switch it up a little bit this week and start with banks, bank bonuses, because that's, uh, that's the one that's brought in the most money. And that was something that last month I kind of fell behind on and wanted to try and catch up with this month. The two Thrivent bonuses, one for my wife, one for myself for $200 each. So $400 total finally posted. We opened those accounts back in May of this year. So it took a while. And Thrivent is the Christian Credit Union, which is uh, kind of notorious on Doctor of Credit. The bonus successfully posted, but not without some legwork on on my end because it turns out the way they decide whether or not you get a bonus is entirely manual. It sounds like they probably just have one person with a spreadsheet of everyone who's supposed to qualify and that person just reviews that spreadsheet periodically. And so I actually transferred in from Square Payroll, which is a real payroll processing service. When I messaged them to see, hey, what happened with the bonus? Why isn't it posted? Their response was that their promotions manager had reviewed and decided that a payment from Square wasn't eligible for the bonus. And so then I had to reply back and be like, hey, Square and Square payroll are two very different things. Square is for processing credit cards if you're like a business. Square payroll is a service that employers use to pay their people. And so after I sent that message, they reviewed again and they approved the Square payroll transaction. So that worked out well in the end. But just keep in mind, they are manually reviewing these. So if you transferred in from, let's say, another bank that you were just hoping would trigger their employer direct deposit, like let's say a PNC or an Ally or Charles Schwab. Yeah, that's uh, that's probably not going to work. And the issue there is you're not going to be able to then message them and be like, hey, my Charles Schwab payment was in fact eligible because they're going to be like, no, it wasn't. It's not an employer. Whereas if you use something like a payroll service like Square or Gusto, yeah, it's not automatically getting processed, the bonus. But at least now you have the ability to then actually reach out to them and justify your case. So that's why I recommend with these banks that don't have a lot of data points or where they're reviewing these kinds of employer payrolls manually, definitely actually use a payroll service if you want to be sure that you're going to be able to justify getting that bonus later if they don't automatically go through and just approve those. And so early on, I did an episode about Square and Gusto. Definitely recommend uh, checking that out. Another bank that worked out really well is Lily Bank. 
It's one of those fintechy app-based banks, so sort of like the the Porte Bank offer from last month. They're also doing a hundred dollar bonus if you join using a referral link, and the person referring gets hundred dollars, and you get a hundred dollars. And the nice part is you only need to load up two hundred and fifty dollars because they want you to spend two hundred and fifty dollars. So we just pushed two hundred fifty dollars in, and then just reloaded an Amazon account with 250 bucks and within a couple of days of doing that the bonus posts so i really like these quick turnaround ones where you're not waiting three four months like thriving to see your bonus it's literally sign up load the money in spend the money and you get the bonus within a couple of days so that only took about a week i joined using you know like a referral code off doctor of credit then i referred my wife so i ended up getting $100 for joining, $100 for referring my wife, and then my wife got $100 for joining, so it ended up being $300 total. The annoying part, though, is that this is actually part of a Swagbucks offer, and I'll save the Swagbucks churns for later in this episode, but suffice to say, I didn't get the Swagbucks for it. So as long as you don't go in with the expectation of actually receiving those Swagbucks, then it's still a pretty good offer. I also opened an account with FNBO, I think it's First National Bank, and that was a $250 bonus, but they give you the first $50 within a week, and then the other $200 you get after you've met their employer direct deposit requirements. So that was nice in the sense that immediately I got the $50, and I'm still waiting on the remaining $200 for that to post. Generally, how I pick bank bonus offers is if it's you know one of those credit unions that are out in the middle of nowhere, or it's a bank that takes a few months for you to receive your bonus, my threshold for those is generally $200 minimum. So anything $200, $300, $400 is, is great, and I try and apply for those. With the fintechy app banks like Lily and Porte and some others, my threshold's a lot lower, usually around like 100, because they generally tend to post really quickly and they don't seem very check system sensitive either. And often they have like really nice referral bonuses for both parties. So especially if you're in P2 mode, that works out really well. But yeah, just uh, ended up opening a bunch of bank accounts this month. I also did KeyBank for both my wife and I for $200. That's not going to post for a while, probably next month. But I also opened two accounts at PNC, one for my wife, one for myself for $300 each. And that was just a simple deposit $5,000 in, get $300. Again, not expecting that one to post uh, until October or November, but still waiting on the bonus from my wife's $750 business checking account that we opened at Chase. That actually turned out to be more work than we had originally hoped. So we opened that account by going into the branch and she had set up her new business. Everything was fine. We'd transferred in the $10,000. That went through fine. And unfortunately, though, she got a message from their review department that was like, hey, we're going to close your account unless you go into the branch and fix a couple things. And the things they wanted fixed was they didn't like the business codes that my wife had put in. So she works with animals now and there really isn't anything in the I don't know if it's like an IRS list or who makes this list but it's an official like government list of what you want to categorize your your business as and because nothing fit we'd selected like other professional services other type 
other. And so it was just like other, other, other for all three categories. And that was what the banker that we'd met with had advised that we do. But the review department, when we called them, was like, yeah, you need to select something more appropriate for your business. So we're like, okay, so what should we select given that this is what we do? And he's like, well, I can't tell you what to select. You just have to know what to select. And so that was uh, definitely a strange conversation. And the crappy part with that was that they wouldn't let you do it over the phone. Like we tried calling the branch, talk to the person that we'd met with. And they're like, no, you have to come in because we need to take another copy of your ID to make sure that you're the one telling us that you're updating these business classification codes. So anyways, that was a, a whole process in the sense that we had to go back to the branch and then we fixed it. We changed it to some other categories that seemed to have not flagged anything. So I guess just a tip for folks opening bank accounts with Chase, specifically business bank accounts, don't choose other, 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 or don't choose something vague because apparently choosing something vague, even if that is the best fit for your company, is cause for your account to be flagged because I guess what ends up happening is that people who make up businesses or put in fake businesses, et cetera, end up choosing those miscellaneous categories. And so they want to see you choose something specific. So yeah, lesson learned there. But I think everything is good now and hopefully in the next month or two, we'll get a, a pretty fatty $750 bonus from them. So all in all, pretty good on the bank bonus front. Got $300 from Lily, $400 from Thrivent, $50 from FNBO. So ends up being $750 there. And then a whole bunch of other bank accounts queued up for future months. And I mentioned this in the previous recap, but you know the thing with bank accounts is you really have to be proactive in setting them up and being patient with the bonuses. You know, I think the reason last month why my bank bonus churns was kind of uh, subpar was I gotten kind of lazy and it's sort of a delayed gratification thing. You know, you got to put the effort in now to get the reward later. So this month definitely invested more time than usual in opening these various accounts, but hopefully that pays off in the coming months. I'm actually looking at my notes right now and I realized I forgot to count 200 as part of the banks. And that's because those were from referral links. So a couple of folks used my referral for Port Porte Bank, which was $100 for me and $100 for them. And uh, yeah, that was a nice surprise. You know, this podcast doesn't really generate uh, any money. It's kind of just a hobby and there's there's no plans for, for ads. Not that anyone I think would even want to advertise on a churning podcast, but yeah, referral links, if you want to support the podcast are definitely the way to go. And yeah, really appreciate it when you guys use them. That's actually a good segue into brokerages because there was a brokerage that had a pretty interesting referral offer that I took advantage of. And that's Nadex, N-A-D-E-X. Again, I'll, I'll post links to these on the site, thedailychurnpodcast.com, so you don't have to write these down. But Nadex was offering, and I think still is, offering $100 for each person. So $100 for the person referring you and $100 for the person being referred. And also another $100 for that person who signs up if they deposit $1,000. And part of the requirement for the entire bonus, though, is to make five trades. If this was a regular brokerage, that'd be a pretty simple thing. But what Nadex is, is specifically a platform for trading options and various other, I guess, exotic instruments like foreign currencies, binary options, things like that. And I'm not an expert in this 
at all. In fact, I know basically nothing about things like binary options. I sort of do a little bit now after doing this offer, but there's a whole post on DOC and a lot of comments about people giving advice on how to perform these binary option trades. And don't worry, it sounds more complicated than it is, but essentially there's a way to do it so that you make trades for about $3 to $4 per trade, and you have to make five of those trades. So essentially it'll cost you $15 to $20 to make those trades. And essentially what you're doing is, is trading binary options where the goal, not the goal, but the end result is that you will lose money the money being that your losses are capped at that three to four dollars because if you were trying to actually make money on the binary trade the potential for profit and loss is significantly higher and so the goal here really is just to limit your losses and just accept that the trade is going to be a losing trade but you just need to perform them for the bonus so go in with the mindset that it's going to cost you about twenty dollars to make those trades maybe take you about 10, 15 minutes to do those trades. So that effectively takes $20 out of the bonus. So you're looking at $180 bonus for signing up for a brokerage platform, which is pretty easy to sign up for, pretty smooth. There's no check system verification, et cetera. And especially if you have a P2, it works out really well because obviously you sign up, you'll get the $180, but then an extra $100 for referring your P2. So I referred my wife. And so hopefully sometime in October, we'll see the bonus post of uh, like 280 for me and 180 for my wife. But for now, I'm not counting it, but I, I thought I'd mention it because I, I don't know how long the offer is going to be around for. And I thought it was a pretty easy 180 if, if everything ends up going smoothly. I also signed up for the Charles Schwab brokerage, which I talked a little bit about in the Interactive Brokers episode. Their bonus is about half as good as Interactive Brokers. You get $500 bonus for depositing $100,000, whereas IB gives you $1,000. But I ended up signing up for it anyway because I was thinking about getting the Charles Schwab Platinum card. I figured may as well knock out two birds with one stone. But yeah, nothing actually posted from the brokerage side of things this month. But I did get the ball rolling on a couple of things. So hopefully future me will be thankful for the effort that I put in this month. Moving on to credit cards, bit of a slow month for credit cards, primarily because I have the business platinum card that had $15,000 of spend that I'm almost done with now. And in the future, I have lined up the two Southwest business cards to get companion pass. And if you're not familiar with how that works, I did an episode a few weeks ago on the Southwest companion pass and how two credit cards can essentially get you that for two years, which is a really good deal. So I'm waiting for those ones, wrapping up spend on my American Express business platinum card. And my wife also had an American Express business platinum card that the annual fee had just posted on. And so we tried for a retention offer on there and they offered her $300 off. And so the annual fee essentially ends up being $295. And it was a close call on whether or not it was worth keeping, but we decided to keep it just because it's pretty easy for us to use those $200 of travel credits on Southwest. Then you get the $100 of Dell this year, then $100 of Dell next year. So it basically offsets it and there's other benefits to having the Platinum card. So yeah, ended up keeping that one, but I, I won't count the $300 credit in this tally since it's really just uh, a reduced annual fee that we're paying. But outside of those cards, I have also been thinking about opening the Charles Schwab Platinum card that I mentioned earlier because I opened the brokerage account now, which makes you eligible for the card. And the card's nice because even if you've had a Platinum card with Amex before, 
these are considered different products, so you're still eligible for the Charles Schwab version, which in my case, I've definitely had an American Express Platinum card in the last seven years, I think, which is the sort of time frame in which they're reviewing your eligibility. And so, yeah, the nice part with the Charles Schwab card is it's 100,000 points for spending $6,000 over six months. It's extremely doable compared to the card that I just had, which was $15,000 of spend over three months. So over six months is uh, pretty trivial. I mean, you could probably just get there without even thinking about it and just making it all organic spend. The additional benefit, though, is that they're offering 10x points on small businesses up to $25,000 of spend. And so there's advantages to that if you're able to find merchants that are considered small businesses. I think I read on Reddit that somebody ended up like their car dealership locally was considered a small business. And so they just put their $25,000 down on a car. And so that actually works out really well because you're getting 10x points on $25,000. So if you max that out, that's 250,000 Amex points on top of the 100,000 Amex points. So 350,000 Amex points from a single card, which is pretty amazing. There's been some pretty interesting Amex offers lately like that, where the one that's even better than the Charles Schwab Amex Platinum is the Resi Amex Platinum. Unfortunately, with the Resi Amex Platinum, it's not considered a separate product. It's still considered a regular American Express Platinum. So if you've had that before, you're not able to get the Resi one. And, and Resi, if you're not aware, is just this like service, kind of like I think OpenTable that helps you book reservations at restaurants. So I don't know how they ended up negotiating such a, a sweet deal with American Express, but the offer is 125,000 Amex points for spending $6,000 over six months. So very similar to the Charles Schwab one, except it's 25,000 more points. Then it's 15x on small businesses up to $25,000 of spend. So the Charles Schwab was giving you 10 times as many points on small businesses up to 25,000. Resi is giving you 15 times. So if you, in this scenario, were to buy that car at a small business dealership, you would end up getting 375,000 bonus Amex points from spending $25,000 and you'll get the 125,000 point sign up bonus, which ends up making this card worth 500,000 Amex points, which again, this is all depending on whether or not you can find small businesses. But unfortunately for the most of us, we're not eligible for the Resi Platinum due to the fact that we've had an Amex Platinum in the past. And so for me, the Charles Schwab one is a pretty good middle ground. And yeah, I think I'll probably open that soon because I am maybe like one or $2,000 away from meeting the 15K on my Amex Business Platinum. One interesting method that actually helped me meet spend was using uh, a buying group. And I'm still pretty new to the whole concept of, of buying groups. The, the big one seems to be buy for me retail. And I've been trying that out and it's, it's, been, it's been mixed in terms of the, the results. And yeah, I'm trying to decide if it's something I even want to like recommend to people because it is so hit or miss. But on the hits, it has helped a little bit with spend on my business platinum. And so that was nice. And actually, they paid me $20 above retail for a couple of the things that I ended up buying for them. So I made $20 just through that way. And of course, it also was helping towards minimum spend. But yeah, maybe I'll, I'll do an episode on this in, in the future once I've had more time to kind of play around with it. It is, it is kind of finicky. And uh, 
Yeah, made 20 bucks, but I think that's it really for credit cards last month. Just the, the $20 from, from using BFMR. I think things will start picking up on the credit card front in the next few months once I start applying for the, the Southwest and the Charles Schwab one. But if you're interested in doing the Charles Schwab or the Resi one, if you qualify, which is an amazing offer, I'll, I'll post links to those as well on the site. Okay, so next up is Swagbucks. I ended up doing a few offers through Swagbucks and Every time I do offers through Swagbucks, I'm reminded of why I don't do that many offers through Swagbucks. I mean, yeah, they're kind of like this abusive spouse that you leave and then go back to because they offer to buy you something nice. It's it's such a hit or miss platform. And if you haven't used Swagbucks before, I did an episode on them earlier on as well. But this time... I've, one was successful and one was a failure. So I talked about Lily earlier and Lily worked out in the sense that they actually paid out the bonuses, which was great. But I signed up through Swagbucks, which was supposed to give 5,000 Swagbucks. And of course, I did not get those points. Those points were supposed to post on the fifth day of signing up for the offer. And it's one of those weird offers as well, where it doesn't show up as pending in Swagbucks and you're supposed to just see it after five days. And lo and behold, of course, after five days, and actually now it's been more like 10 or 15 days, I did not get any of the points from Swagbucks. And this seems to be a pretty common problem on the Doctor of Credit thread for this offer. It seems that also my points and Drop, which are two similar sites to Swagbucks, are also offering uh, a similar bonus. I think is a little higher actually on Drop, but the comments are just full of people not getting their points posted unless they follow up. So this does seem to be a problem that's specific, I think, to Lily. And I touched on why I think these problems happen on the Swagbucks episode, but essentially I think Lily has done a poor job of integrating with Swagbucks and my points and Drop. Like they've done a consistently bad job, like whoever was in charge at Lily of using the API to connect to these cashback sites and tell them that someone has signed up for Lily has just dropped the ball and uh, no one seems to really care. So yeah, your points are most likely not going to get posted unless you reach out to their customer service. And depending on how Swagbucks has ranked you as a customer and how much value you provide, they might just completely ignore your request or they might grant it. So it's very hit or miss. I would go into the Lily offer with the thinking that you are not going to get the swag bucks or the my points or the drop points. And if you do get it, be pleasantly surprised. If you don't, I mean, definitely submit the ticket and see what happens. But chances are you're, you're not going to get it. And so both myself and my wife lost out on the $50 there from signing up to Lily using Swagbucks. Frustrating, but sort of, I guess, expected when, when using Swagbucks. Then surprisingly, a couple offers did work out well on Swagbucks, which were the public and savvy offer. So what was happening there was Swagbucks was offering $10 for signing up and doing a quote on Savvy, which is this car insurance aggregator quote company, which I'm seeing ads for these companies everywhere now. Like on Hulu, I'm constantly being bombarded with different companies doing this. So I, I have no idea how these companies are making so much money that they're being flooded with venture capital funding to run all these ads. But all they do is essentially try and generate quotes from other insurance companies, which 
It's just a very, very strange business model. I mean, these insurance companies like Geico, Nationwide, State Farm must be compensating the aggregator engines just a ton of money to do this for, for some reason. So anyways, sign up for Savvy. You get $10. Sign up for Public, which is another one of those fintechy app investing platforms. And if you sign up there and I think you deposit like $5 or something, you'll get $35. Then if you do both of those, Swagbucks will give you $30 for doing the combo package. And most surprisingly, all of it posted. Swagbucks after I think like five or 10 days posted the $30 combo bonus. And then after 30 days of being impending, both Savvy and Public posted into my account. So it ended up being $75 worth of Swagbucks for me and then $75 worth of swag bucks for my wife. So that worked out well. I don't think that offer is still around, but I did see DOC just posted a new one where it's Savvy plus Stash Investing, which is another one of those app investing ones. I've already signed up for Stash during a previous offer, but if you haven't done that before, Savvy plus Stash, you'll get the bonuses from each of those. And then Swagbucks will give you $40 on top for doing both of them. And the fact that it actually worked on the public and savvy one where Swagbucks actually posted, I feel pretty good about this new one. And I've done Stash before through Swagbucks and the Stash offer also posted successfully. And so I can say definitively that both Stash and Savvy have their API integration done properly where they are sending the fulfillment data to Swagbucks. So you'll get those. And Swagbucks seems to be honoring the combo. Again, I'll, I'll post the link to this, but yeah, I think it ends up being $135 total. And this is one of the safer Swagbucks offers. So definitely check it out if you haven't done those two services before. So all in all, got 75 for me, 75 for my wife. So $150 worth of Swagbucks. Then I'm missing $50 for me, $50 for my wife for the Lily Swagbucks. So, you know, as it goes with, with Swagbucks, 150 up and $100 missing, which I'll follow up, but I'm really not expecting anything. Lastly, we have this miscellaneous bucket of things that I, I happen to churn during the month, and that's always a fun one. So this month, a couple ones that worked out pretty well were the Blue Apron offers that both my wife and I had on our Amex Business Platinums. It was spend $50 and get $25 back, which in itself is, is pretty good. It's essentially 50% off Blue Apron. And as you guys know, I, I'm pretty into meal kits. I did a whole episode on meal kits as well. But Blue Apron has a really, really good reactivation offer right now. So definitely check your emails if you've signed up for Blue Apron before, because what they're offering is $160 off of four boxes. And they actually did the customer friendly thing, which is they spread out that $160 evenly across four boxes. So it's $40 off of a box four times. And so that essentially makes a box, which usually costs around $50, only cost $10. And so in order to even qualify for the Amex offer to stack the two, you have to add more things to your box. And one thing Blue Apron does that some other meal services don't is that they let you put more meals into the box. It's not just capped at three meals. So we added a fourth meal. We upgraded a couple meals to their like premium meals that had like lamb chops and scallops and stuff just so we can get to the $50 mark so that we can then use the Amex offer to then bring that down to only $25. So essentially we ended up paying $25 for $90 worth of Blue Apron food. 
So incredible value because those $25 paid for four meals for two people, which I think translates into, let me do the math real quick. I think like $3 a meal per person, which is really good considering you're getting some really high quality ingredients because you're upgrading things. And so I did that on my Amex business platinum card and I did it on my wife's Amex business platinum card. So we ended up getting $50 back total from Blue Apron, which was nice. Then there was a a totally random thing, which is you guys might have heard that Johnson & Johnson did a mass recall on their Neutrogena brand sunscreens. So pretty much every sunscreen that you're used to seeing in a store, especially in like Hawaii, Costco, Walgreens, etc., those are all a Neutrogena brand. They have like 10, 12 different types under their Neutrogena brand. And they were all recalled because there was, I guess, some lab detected a trace amount of a chemical that potentially causes cancer in one of the batches. And so Johnson & Johnson issued a, a voluntary recall of all of those, which is why you might be having trouble finding sunscreen or your usual sunscreen brands in a lot of stores. And so They set up a site where you can just go online and you tell them how many of these sunscreens you've bought in the past and they'll issue you a refund. Now, if you have bought more than four of them, you need to actually submit receipts. But if you're like me, you haven't been keeping receipts on, on your sunscreen. We usually just buy them at Costco. And so if you only submit a request for three, you don't need a receipt. So I submitted a request for three of them. My wife submitted a request for three of them. And my wife's refund check actually just came last week, which I think was for, yep, $45. So that's nice, a free $45 for, I guess, using their cancer-causing sunscreen. But yeah, can't complain. And next month, hopefully, I'll get another $45 bucks for, for my submission. The website to submit for those refunds is still up. So if you've bought their sunscreen in the past and you haven't submitted your refund yet, definitely just uh, go online and, and do that. I'll, I'll post the link for that as well. I also sold another iPhone on Swappa. I had this old iPhone 7 Plus, which we're on iPhone 13 now. So 7, assuming one a year, was like six years ago. Well, I guess they skipped uh, iPhone 9. So maybe that was like five years ago. Either way, super old. Um, I just had it around because I didn't think anyone would even want it anymore. I kept forgetting to sell it. And I sold it for $177 on Swappa, which... Definitely was a surprise to me. And I think I'm I'm totally sold on Swappa at this point. I sold an iPhone SE the month before. I just sold this one. Both times was extremely smooth. It's like everything you wished eBay was, but Swappa actually is. But you can only sell certain things on there like iPhones. But recommend checking it out if you have an old phone laying around. The iPhones apparently keep really good value over the years. And so, yeah, I'll be selling another iPhone SE next month, I think. But for this month, it got $177 that way. But yeah, on the miscellaneous side of things, then the total for that ends up being the $50 from Blue Apron, $45 from Johnson Johnson, and $177 from Swappa for the phone, which ends up being $272 on the miscellaneous churns. So adding all that up, it looks like there's $950 on the bank side of things for Lily, Thrivent, FMBO, and the port referrals. Then on credit cards, it was just $20 for Buy For Me Retail, 
then Swagbucks, $150 for Savvy and Public, and then the $272 for Miscellaneous, which ends up being grand total of $1,392 for the month of September. Not a bad month. Yeah, I think I'm pretty happy with that, especially considering I queued up a lot of things for future months that aren't part of this tally yet. So yeah, that was pretty good. All right, guys, I think that's it for this recap episode. You can find links for everything we talked about here on the dailychurnpodcast.com. There'll be links to DOC and my referral links as well. And if you end up using one of those, definitely leave a comment and let me know so I can thank you. Also, if you'd like to be notified when these podcasts come out, along with a summary of timestamps and notes and links to the various things that I talk about, then there's a little button on the bottom right of the website where you can just sign up for the newsletter. And yeah, that will be delivered in your inbox on Monday mornings. Otherwise, I appreciate you guys tuning into this episode and hopefully this helps motivate you guys to keep on churning and I will catch you guys in a couple weeks. See ya.